0: Introduce yourself to the people. Tell them what you do for work, how you met your wife, like where you met her, and how many kids do you guys currently have? Currently where I'm working at,
1: I I work with people with disabilities with an agency called Christian Horizons. They're they're all across uh, Ontario currently, and so they service uh, people with disabilities in Ottawa, Windsor, you know, Niagara Falls, you name it, all of Ontario. A couple of years ago they recently opened up another, I guess you can say they've expanded, so they moved out to Saskatchewan, so now they've also, I think they partnered with another agency over there to work with more people with disabilities. So, I know the latest, the last thing I heard about them, that Christian Horizons is one of the biggest agencies in Canada that currently works with people with disabilities.
0: Wow. Yeah,
1: and uh, they they've expanded to the point where they now have a, another section that they call CH Global, mm-hmm. which they tackle. They use missionary work as a way to be able to work with people with disabilities as well, but in an international scale. They've done missionary trips to Nicaragua. They've done trips to I think Ethiopia and India as well. I think also somewhere in 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 Europe they've done a couple of missionary work over there too. It's I mean it's it's, it's a really great agency to work with because you know they I mean besides the fact that they they're, they're found foundation is Christian-based, right? Um, you really get a chance to work with people and just try to impact their lives in one way or another.
0: Wow, that's amazing, man. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that you work for a group that helps people with disabilities, because my mom actually does that kind of work, Oh, really? Yeah, she's a school teacher with the TDSB. She's a teacher's assistant. And, you know, she's been doing it for years and she loves her job. And I've had the pleasure of being able to go there, mm-hmm. you know, like for take your kid to work day. Okay. And, you know, just getting a feel for they, the job. They still
1: do the take their kid to work day?
0: Well, you know, back in <laughs> 20, oh man, what was I in school? like? That
1: must have been a while ago.
0: Yeah, it's been a while. But, you know, when I was in school, they still did do that. Okay. Why don't you tell the people, you know, where you met your wife?
1: Yeah. So my wife and I, we met almost five years. Years ago, oh. how we met was quite a quite an interesting story because we, when we met, we didn't really. It was more like an acquaintance type of meeting. So she um, had recently uh, come to Canada. Um, about a year after that, she she became ill, oh. and so uh, she was just she was just starting in her journey with with walking in the faith, with with coming to church and all that stuff, right? So she was like basically a newborn Christian, mm-hmm. and. At the time, my when she came, she became ill. Uh, my parents took her in. Um, at the time, she had a, a a daughter that was about the age of, I would say, maybe nine or eight, eight or nine. So she came over to stay at our house. My parents, like, they took care of her and everything. So we like we met that was the very first time we met officially she she tells me that one time she remembered that i i, I woke up like at nine in the morning because in the work that i used to do um that i do i used to work in a different location in in the durham region and my hours were more in the evening so my pattern of sleeping was you know a night i'll stay up at like midnight oh, yeah. whatever you know catch a, a couple of netflix episodes and then go to bed <laughs> kind of thing right so i was i was used to waking up like at you know 8 a.m and so usually it was just my dad who was at the house by then and obviously she was there at that time mm-hmm. you know uh, trying to get better and all that uh so she remembers that one time i you know i came down and we had a conversation she i told her about my work where i worked and how we were doing a couple of uh activities and trips for the people that i was supporting so that was like the official first time we met but i'm telling you no chemistry at all nothing it no? was just like you're there <laughs> i'm over here you know you're you're, a str- you're a stranger to me i'm just being polite carrying on a conversation what have you years passed by um you know i I I saw her coming to church with her daughter. It was just like, you know, whatever. She's just another person at the church. Mm -hmm. Nothing more. Later on, I found out that she... That whole time, she thought I was just an arrogant guy. (laughs) uh she never liked me at all because she felt that i had this sort of like you know i guess because i was the pastor's son i had this sort of like you know chest out type oh of thing yeah, just, yeah
0: pk features <laughs> kid
1: yeah you know i mean this is something she tells me later on after we start dating and all that so i think it was i don't know maybe a couple it had, it had to be like about two or three years after that so that's roughly about four or five years ago our church decided to do something like a Kind of like uh, like courses, like classes. My dad was teaching about uh, New Testament and the Old Testament, so he was doing like a brief summary of all of the different uh, books in the Bible. Uh-huh. And she still happened to to be there as well. And so we kind of had like a really cool like young people's group that was attending this. Mm, okay, okay. And then one day we um, we had we had finished. It was like nine o'clock on a Monday night, and uh, I said to the guy to everybody, like, oh hey, you know, let's just go for some wings and whatever. And then her daughter was like, yeah, mom you know let's go let's go and so i got her like the like now my daughter i, I get her all excited and everything yeah. and you know she's like okay fine we'll we'll all go so we all went together to um, st louis at fairview mall
0: mm, okay st louis i rate that yeah that, that's <laughs> good stuff you
1: know so she ended up sitting in a section i think where the air conditioning was kind of hitting her okay so she felt a little cold uh, so then she switched with somebody else who was sitting in front of me and so as a result of that we just started com- like talking and you know getting to know each other like on a very superficial level, uh-huh. and I remember I think it was that night I sent her a message on Facebook Messenger. like, hey, you know, what's up? How are you? Blah blah. blah. So you know, that's kind of how we started our our oh. friendship. Okay. And then from there, you know, you know, one thing led to another. We just we found that we were attracted to one another, and you know, I proposed to her, uh. get married, have a kid. You know,
0: and the rest is history. Okay. So you guys have. Uh, I'm forgetting the term, but is it blended family?
1: Blended family? like,
0: Because, you know, there's like four terms they have for family. Like the nuclear family, mm-hmm. which I think is the traditional family. I think it's blended when you have an adopted... Uh, oh, I see. Like a stepchild. Oh, actually, mm, I think blended is more like if you had a kid and then she had a kid. And then okay. you guys got together. yeah, yeah. yeah. But since you don't you didn't have a child before i don't know okay anyway
1: whatever the term is essentially yeah it her biological daughter is my stepdaughter right um but i mean the way i see it for myself like i don't treat her as a stepdaughter i don't treat her as like oh you're my wife's daughter Uh no like you know if we're gonna take decisions as a family she's involved i treat her as um my newborn as well as equal and i mean i always ask my wife for feedback on that because you know some because she's not my biological daughter right there's always always that sort of thing that you don't you don't feel like you own that child yeah that own, right? I know there's always that sort of thing behind in the scene kind of thing so i always ask her for feedback you know how do you think her relationship is going and mm-hmm. when? she's like no it's really good like in reality you know her name's maria she's like oh yeah maria's just looking at you as as her her only dad you're like you're the dad okay you are the dad and so that for me is like a, a good feedback a good encouraging word to sort of know that as our as our family dynamic that it's functioning you know uh-huh.
0: Okay, that's good to hear that there are no complications in that sense. But yeah. it's good that, you know, you get the feedback and you don't yeah. try to... But
1: don't get me wrong. It was difficult at first because for me, like, I've never had a kid of my own. Right. Right. So I'm walking into, you know, like, I marry my wife and everything. I walk into a situation of I have no experience with kids mm. of my own. And then on my daughter's side, the like my wife's daughter, she's never really had a solid male figure in her family. Oh. Um, when she was born... uh. Her grandparents, like from my wife's side, like her parents, uh, they took her in for like a couple of months because my wife had to finish her schooling. Um, So she sees her grandfather as a dad, too. Oh, okay. So so anytime we ever call like my in-laws, she always refers to him as dad. Uh-huh. Into his, into her grandmother as mom because that's how she grew up, and I mean it, it's kind of unfortunate. Like even her, like her biological father is not as involved.
0: Mm.
1: And something since the jump with uh, when when I started dating my wife, I always try to encourage the older one to to really just reach out to her dad. Like you know, how's your dad doing? The biological one, yeah, right? just so that that she gives him an opportunity at least to be able to be involved in her life. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's it's one of those things that's unfortunate that he doesn't take the initiative. And in reality, it should be the him as a biological yeah, father he should be the one be. that reaches out to her his daughter not the other way around you know yeah. but so in that sense i mean she doesn't she ne- she hasn't had like let's say a, a a male figure in the home right and so my wife has had to basically have before i came along she had to have both hats on mom and dad
0: uh-huh
1: right and so my wife she says like no like maria she loves you as 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 a dad because you are the dad of the house you know and something my wife is like oh you know when 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 the new baby comes along like are you gonna leave Maria to the waist I'm like no I'm gonna you know try to find the balance between both and I always ask my wife for feedback as well and she's like no you're doing really well with that trying to not show favoritism to one over the other right I mean obviously a newborn does take quite a bit of time for you to tend to and like the diapers and all that stuff but I was trying to find that balance I think really investing in 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 both of their lives you know so it, it hasn't been easy it hasn't been easy but it's one of those things that you at least for me I find that it's like a true dependence on God and knowing what God's um design is for the family really does help to be able to know like what your role is within your family like mm. your dynamic of family and that's a very important thing i think
0: wow yep. i honestly did not expect that but that's a <laughs> hey, man that's pretty solid solid advice that you were able to unpack what is the relationship with your father like? And how has this relationship helped to shape you into the man who you are today?
1: Off the jump, I would say my relationship with, with my dad, it's really good. Right now, he's currently the the, the main pastor, the lead pastor at, at our church. He's been doing it for like 18, almost 20 years now with the same church. One thing that I can say that has always been something that not only do I admire, but I try to live up for my own self is be consistent in who you are. It's something that I see in my dad a lot is that he's very consistent with what he says, what he thinks, and what he does. Obviously, he's not perfect. Right. You know, no. And I think one of the things that my dad really tried to instill in us was like, you know, just because we're the pastoral family, like, yeah, we're in the spotlight because the church looks up to us and all that. But that's irrelevant. Like, the status you have is is nothing. I mean, I, I what, how I assimilate that to something that I, I've read in the Bible multiple times when you see, like, Paul, he's like, you know, I have all these credentials. Uh-huh. I'm a Roman. I'm a Jew. I'm from the, the I'm the top of the top right of the crop yeah exactly but when I compare that to to what Christ gives me all of that is rubbish uh-huh it's it's, 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 cr- it's crap it's, it's garbage yeah you know what I mean and so my dad always tried to like instill that as like no just because you are the pastor's son that doesn't make you any more special than anybody else that comes to the church and so that's what sort a of consistent message of not letting things get to your head that's something that I really took from my dad that he 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 was consistent in that the the person that i saw at church is the same person that I saw at home mm-hmm. um, Okay, you know and, and I don't know if maybe you've heard this but there's some cases where you see children of either deacons or pastors they're like yeah you know my dad or my mom is one thing at church and you know a hallelujahs outside. and all that and then come Monday they're a completely different person they're a yeah. monster and I'm like I I, I, I I empathize for that I sympathize and all that for people that go through that kind of situation I can't say that that was something that I, I saw with my family or at least with my parents and specifically my dad like I said he's not perfect mm-hmm. you know and and to the best of his ability I think he's he's really tried to live out a christ-like life it's supposed to be you know um yeah that's kind of like what I what I've seen in him
0: I hear you because he taught you to be level-headed humble <laughs> and not to let things get into your head and like you know puff up your head and your ego yeah did you have a mentor you know like someone in the church who you could really go to to you know get solid advice about you know like um, being becoming a father because you are well I mean you have have been a father to, you know, your stepdaughter, Mm -hmm. as well as now your newborn baby daughter. Mm -hmm. You know, is there someone who you could, you know, turn to when they gave you some solid advice?
1: I think it ties to the previous question about what my relationship with my dad is. And to be honest with you, my role, the person that I always went to was my dad, especially when it came to the fatherhood stuff. I mean, he he really helped me to to really know what it, what I was getting myself into. Um, something that I, I truly would recommend, and this is something my dad really did with me, was, especially if you're going to get married, definitely take the premarital classes. Oh. You know, and it, my dad led it for, my, for myself and my wife. And, I mean, in that sense, my wife has an advantage because my dad is my dad, and he's also the pastor, <laughs> hey. right? So in the session, he's gonna throw everything out there and be like, "Yeah, are you sure you want to marry this guy to my wife?" You know? Oh snap! So that I think was a really helpful thing to, to to have, and I think that any any guy that is gonna look into getting married, make sure you you know you have your 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 convictions of who what you believe in, like make sure they're well, well cemented, and not only that, but also ally yourself with people that are really gonna push you towards striving that ideal, that Christ-like life. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad really helped me and that, and the, and the the marriage counseling was one of those things that I really saw like like beat for beat because in the marriage counsel session we discussed everything everything was like open like you know um, what the sexual life is like within the marriage context of uh-huh. what God designed finances Ooh. children and the fact that I have a stepdaughter that was gonna be thrown into the mix yeah after marriage how am I gonna deal with that situation one of the things that I found as an advantage about that session is that you're able to have a conversation Conversation about the difficult about not even the difficult topics. It's like small issues because the thing is that when you don't have those conversations, you go into marriage, it's tenfold. Oh, like for example, the finance thing. My wife and I we we frictioned on that, and my dad was like, Nah, you're in the wrong about this. But I'm like, No, I'm I'm on the right. I'm on the right, and you know, we had to hash it out there and then. So to have a mentor that's you know that knows what they believe and that they're firm in their in their convictions and and be able to sort of like no stay the true course no matter what. That's important. And in that situation, my dad's like. Like, no, despite all you're saying about the financial thing, you're in the wrong and you need to, to you know, come back to the, the correct path and, and follow through. Now, mind you, I'll, I'll share what, what that was like. My idea about the finances was like, OK, we have one pot of, of money. Uh-huh. And so whatever you make from your uh, check and whatever I make, we all contribute to that because that pot's going to go to all the bills, whether car, rent, whatever it is. Right. Okay. The and then whatever's left over, it's, you know, my money and that's your money.
0: Oh, you know? Okay. Now don't get me wrong.
1: Some people, they prefer that method because maybe they don't trust their spouse or whatever, which <laughs> kind of sucks. But in this case, my dad's like, look, biblically speaking, you guys are becoming one flesh. Mm-hmm. what's yours is hers and what's hers is yours so why should there be this sort of independence like you guys are you guys are sharing everything your resources your life your troubles your happiness everything uh-huh. so why in this particular thing you want to be like isolated and I was like no you know it's just it makes sense financially mathematically like I try to rationalize it and I try to push it my, wa- my wife was like no like this is dumb like <laughs> we're, we're all going to contribute to one thing we are like going to gonna be together and my dad was like consistent and I said no like you're not you're not doing things right you know and so to have a person to really just stay the course and help you maintain that consistency I mean that that really is is significant so my dad was played a role in that and as a result of that conversation within our marriage financial issues is not that it's not an issue and I think something that I I definitely advise like young men and young women definitely do a marital course before you get yourself married because the, the conversations the things that you assume about your spouse might be wrong. So I could assume beforehand, oh yeah, my wife is on the same page as me, she'll agree with me, everything will be honky dory. We don't have the conversation, we get married, we deal with a situation, I find out that she has a different opinion, a different outlook. The problem is tenfold.
0: Yeah, then it really hits the fan.
1: Oh my gosh, does it ever? You know, and so it's important. Even even conversations like having children, uh huh. There's some people that they never have that conversation and then when they go through the marital council just before marriage, they discover that the other person doesn't want to have kids you know and how do you deal with that you know i mean like how would you deal with it if you found out like after so long you've never had the conversation then your 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 girlfriend your your person that you're gonna get, engage, you're engaged to they're like oh yeah i don't want to have kids like, yeah. h- how do you react to that
0: yeah i know what you mean i know what you kind of you know? feel like
1: uh, uh... <laughs> yeah I, and that's where you have to like okay well do i negotiate do we
0: find a compromise
1: you know and i know like um I know someone that went through a, a situation like that where the wife didn't want to have kids. Ooh. And he did. They never had the conversation. They get married. She happens to get pregnant. And his her reaction was a surprise to him. Because, you know, a mother, you would think, like, oh, you're pregnant. You're going to have a baby. Yeah. Having a life within you, that's, like, a significant thing. It's it's something that's going to really, I don't know, it's, it's a very unique experience. Uh-huh. But what he saw was, like, a complete opposite. It's almost like, oh, my goodness. Like, what I got myself into? Why am I doing this? Yada, yada. Thankfully, you know, she carried the baby to term. Everything went fine and all that. But there was a sort of, like... Friction. A friction, yeah, because it's like she never wanted that to happen. Because the way she said was like, okay, well, this baby is kind of getting in the way of my career and all that. Christian couple too. Ooh! You wow! Know? You know, so that's that's just to say that these type of problems, it's not something that's like Christians are exempt to. Christians have to deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's 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 a reality, and and I think having those those conversations before you even get engaged or even before you get married, it really hashes things out so that you avoid these explosion problems in the marriage. Marriage. That's, that's a tip for you. <laughs>
0: no, no, I, you, honestly, my girlfriend and I, we, we did say that we do, like we both, it was consensual that we do want to do premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. But I'll admit, I can't see for my girlfriend, but at least from my side, I want to do it because like, I know it's something you have to do, mm. but I wasn't aware of, like its ability to really make you not presuppose anything because you in life you yeah. can never really make assumptions right because yeah. when you make an assumption and then you find out that you're wrong about it that's when you're you get screwed right well the other thing is you're walking into a relationship with expectations yes right
1: you walk in with the expectation that things are going to work out for one you're also walking in with your own baggage yes she probably doesn't know all the baggage you have and you don't know all the baggage that she has correct right so sometimes i mean that's why the dating portion of in a relationship like you want to definitely take your time my wife and i we it was a, like two years of dating mm-hmm. i think i proposed to her at, like the point of like year and a half so then we had another half out half of a year just dating and just you yeah know, fin- um finalizing things towards the to the wedding and all that and even within the stress of preparing the wedding we we clashed a lot okay. but it, it was a good clash because it, we hashed out certain things we realized that we like certain things or she likes other things that i don't like like we really got to to know each other really well within conflict which is an irony you know uh-huh. if you think in conflict you'd want to like just you know blow each other's heads <laughs> off and just you know be done with it yeah. right but in this situation like when you go through conflict and you go through friction the big thing that i i've learned is that it's first it's temporary right it's not something that you're going to be in constant conflict and friction every single time you know it's something temporary that you want to move out of t- so that you learn from that and you can sort of find that sort that that way that you meld well together uh-huh. with your spouse. It's one of those things that you, you learn as you go along.
0: Mm-hmm, right, yeah. right.
1: So definitely do, you should definitely do the marital class. Okay, that's, <laughs>
0: that's good advice for all the single guys and all the guys who are thinking of getting married. Yeah, good for stuff. sure. Good stuff. How key would you say it is to find a balance between your work life, mm-hmm. your married life, and as well as spending time with your children like within, you know, your marriage, and then you know, having some personal time to yourself—that's
1: <laughs> a difficult balance. I know for for myself, I for for a period of time I was driving Uber. Okay. Leading up to before the, our baby was born, what it boils down to is priorities. When when the baby was born, I, I said to my wife, "Oh yeah, you know, after she's like maybe two, three months, like I'll I'll go back." And because the the cool thing about Uber for those that are listening that don't know, you kind of make your own schedules—that flexibility, especially if you already have a full time. So you do it at your convenience. Right. 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 As a driver. But then, you know, once the baby was born, it's like you get a shift in priorities. You realize that, you know, work life is not everything. Mm -hmm. So how do I balance work life with my family life? Let's put it like that. So work life, I I draw a limit like my I clock in at nine and I clock out at five. Right. If at five o'clock, like something happens at work listen, next shift is going to have to deal with it. Not me. I can't. <laughs> you know, unless unless we're talking about like a, you know, a very particular circumstance that requires me to maybe stay back in which I would communicate with my wife. Hey, listen, you know, mm-hmm. something's come up at work. I'm running a bit behind, yada, yada. But in general, and, and I've always shared this with my coworkers because I have one that she sometimes, like she, she'll, I sometimes cause I have to do the, the, the scheduling at work. Okay. And sometimes I see that she logs like more than the eight hours or whatever. And I, and I, and I always encourage them, like, listen, your time is, Your personal time is your personal time. Work time is work time. Like, whatever you can... If you don't get it done now, listen. It's not the end of the world. Get it done on your next shift. Right. Things it's it's not uh, it's not that difficult. You don't have to just get it done right away, right? So for me, I, I've always tried to draw that line, and so with Uber, in fact, since my since my baby was been born, I haven't even done it. Why? Mm. Because I just find like I'm like, no, you know what? I'd rather just be at home. I'd rather be with my family. You know, yeah, I can go out two, three hours and make an extra hundred bucks, but those two three hours, I've missed it with my family. Yeah, I've missed it spending with my wife or spent it on my two daughters, whether to help with homework or cleaning a diaper. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> You know what I mean? Or even helping my wife to take care of the baby because it's, it's it's a handful, you mm-hmm. know. On the other hand, I realize as well that like my wife is at home with a baby full day on, you know, she may want to go out or just because she's been at home all day. It's like, you know, that's all she's been doing. So she maybe needs a change of dynamics. Oh, so yeah, yeah, by yeah. me being there, we're able to kind of like switch gears. Maybe she can hand me off the baby, and she can just have like even some R and R for herself, like Okay, know, some yeah, so she,
0: she gets a, um, like a mental break, kind of. Exactly.
1: And as for myself, I, I mean, I don't know. I I like playing video games from time to time. So I don't I don't know if you heard like they released the Mario Kart on the uh, on on like for cell phones or smartphones. I think I did hear about that. Man, it's addictive. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I'm like, when I have my own downtown, just like going on Mario Kart, just racing or whatever. They also came out with I think it was like Call of Duty. Oh yeah, phone. the mobile. Yeah, the my, mobile yeah, one mobile. that's another one that you know good r and r i mean it's a little violent but <laughs> <laughs> i'm not trying to promote violence but i mean it's just you it's important definitely to have your me time and it's not in a way to be selfish it's more be able to kind of recollect your thoughts and kind of like you know really recuperate mentally i know like specifically with my job it's it's more mental and psychological stress than actual physical stress yes because i'm i'm dealing with people that are more independent So they have a voice of their own, they have their own opinions, they are free to choose what they want to do. And so sometimes you see them doing certain choices and you know that they're not the right choice, but you have to kind of like help them along, talk to them, sort of guide them. It's almost like you're dealing with a 12, 13 year old.
0: Yes, I do know what you mean.
1: Right? So that takes a toll on you mentally, like as a stress, right? So having to do that for day at hours, I mean, I definitely need my R&R time. And I find that going home and just disassociating myself from work, that gives me that break
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know it's like I, I leave work right at the door and, and that's it i mean mind you my wife sometimes like oh how did work go so i do debrief about it sometimes to also help in that sort of transition and it's good because then she kind of like gets a feel of what i'm going through and how she can be supportive for my for me you know and so it's a i don't know it's, it's a pretty it's, it's it's good to have someone or to to be with someone that you know is going to be able to compliment you
0: I hear you on that.
1: Yeah, it's very important because if you have someone that's not going to really be there supporting you when you need it, especially as a man, because, like, I don't know if it's, like, a stigma or stereotype that men have to carry the weight. Like, oh, they got to be the workers and all that stuff and all
0: that. Nah, I feel like that's an accurate statement.
1: (laughs) You know? To an extent, biblically speaking, we're designed. We have we have that to uh, carry responsibility. Yeah. Right. That we gotta labor the the land and, and really work hard and all that. So that's just something that we're built for. But we're not Superman. Yes. Yes. You know, there's a point that you have to come to, like, okay, you know, I need to rest. And I mean, before I got married, I I did work quite a bit. And then my wife would be like, no, but you need to rest. Like, this is before we were still dating. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no, nah, nah, I can keep going, I can keep going, you know? But now being married, it's like, that's a different responsibility. It's a whole different ballgame, a whole different mindset that you have to have. And so being able to give time to my wife, being able to give time to my daughters, it's it's important. And so I have to really put into a balance, like, okay, what is priority? Do I want to work a couple of extra hours, make a couple of extra dollars? Or do I want to spend that time with my wife, with my kids? invest in them, you know, especially with the older one. Uh, she's in grade eight, you know, yeah. following up with pivotal homework. Pivotal time. Yeah. And I mean, it is a huge pivotal time just because of like all the different changes that are going not only like like hormonally and internally, but just our society, how it's changing at such rapid pace. Yes. You know, it's important. I find as a parent that you want to be able to be there to cement foundational and very important things especially when it comes like to a christian perspective on how to live in a secular world yeah right and if i'm going to be trading that time that i can invest in my kids to go make extra dollars
0: it doesn't really add up
1: it's not worth it it's not worth it because if at the end of the day you know by me trying to work and work and work and work to be able to provide for my family my kids end up being lost in the world
0: yeah what was the point of it i know what you mean you feel like you really lost out in the end right
1: yeah you really get the short end of the stick and i think that's the lie that we're sold sometimes that we have to work, 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 work to be able to obtain the things that we supposedly need.
0: Yeah. Need.
1: And, that, and I I mean, your viewers can't say it, but I'm doing the quotations here. You need in quotations. Yeah. In reality, it's not a need. It's a want. Yep. You know? And so I think understanding that, I mean, we can go deeper on this. I mean, understanding the fact that everything that we have comes from God, that also changes everything. Yes. It changes your priorities as well, because you're no longer thinking about like, what do I have to do? on my own strength to be able to provide for my family, to be a father, to be a husband, to be a role model, you know, to be a good employee, all these things, you know what I mean? It doesn't become about that. You you you, you have a different mindset where you're like, you know what? I'm gonna do the best that I can with the things that God has given me and work with that. And it changes your perspective because you're no longer working in and trying to strive for things that are just materialistic, unachievable.
0: Trust me, I, I you know <laughs> I think a lot of people can uh, really connect with what you're saying, even myself too, because I was just talking to my girlfriend about this after leaving church, and I'm just like, you know, a lot of the things that we have or that we strive for, mm-hmm. we really don't need. And I was just telling her like the sermon hit me that in the morning like you know when you wake up but you're still not fully up and you still spend some time in bed mm-hmm. i like to listen to something informative you know like whether it's a podcast or like a youtube video yeah but i was saying you know instead of always doing that i should replace it with like you know minutes of prayer you know just honestly just like talking to god mm-hmm. because you can always make time for those things later but you have to know what your priorities are instead of rushing to try and make time for your priorities
1: not so true
0: yeah i know for myself
1: I, i'm guilty as charge. i'm one of those you know like you see it on the news like how people are sometimes addicted to facebook or whatever i want to i'm guilty as charge. i will pick up my phone and i'll be like checking facebook to see what's the latest post that somebody put controversial in but yeah, him, what yeah. i can say you know and it's 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 a bad habit Uh honestly it is a bad habit because you're right it's the time again applying the same concept of like you know work versus spending time with your family if i were to take that and apply it with god yeah you know what's the priority spending time with god or spending time in all these other things and the thing is that the other things are more attractive yeah right they entertain your mind you know and and you just kind of like get lost in it and then next thing you know it's like you're 20 minutes spent there just looking at Dark deploying. web,
0: you're uh, in the dark
1: side <laughs> of YouTube. <laughs> you're just looking and looking and reading and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And then the wanting to spend time with God just ends up being wishful thinking. Yes. It's just like, oh, you know, I wish I would have more time to spend time with God. But in reality, it's like you have the time. It's just you need to make that conscious choice of, like, no, you know what? I'm going to do it, you know? But interestingly enough, and this is something my dad always said to me like, the moment you as a Christian decide to want to do God's work or you decide to want to do things for God, God, or you start to get engaged in God's activity, right off the bat, the enemy is going to put down something in front of you to block you from trying to do it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like uh, like an immediate thing that happens. All these things come up, you know, in a situation. Uh, like, for example, like, if you want to get to church on time and you, you have the mindset, like, no, I'm going to get there on time, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to, you know, let my wife know off the bat, like, listen, we have to be at church on time and this and this and that. Life happens. Uh-huh. Baby has, you know, an accident five minutes before you gotta go you know what i mean yeah all these different obstacles come along the way then maybe there's a bit of friction or conflict if you know trying to rush out of the door like all these things like the point i'm trying to get is that the moment you decide to want to do things in line to what god wants all these obstacles yeah, are going to start it's always a coming, distraction everything is gonna like you know the world's gonna fall apart essentially
0: <laughs> i mean not 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 literally but no. But i know what you mean there's that there's that urgency on the sense of things that you need mm-hmm. rather start that you want rather than you need. So I, I do hear you with um, you know, your hyperbole about the <laughs> My exaggeration.
1: <laughs> By the way, Hispanics, Latinos, we like to exaggerate.
0: <laughs> what are your worries and your fears about raising your children in today's society?
1: Huh. Oh my goodness. What are the fears, man? There's so much. There's so many things. There's some I think the biggest fear that I see is how how spiraling things are going just out of out of control in every sense of the word it's just if it's not one thing then it's something else then it's something else you know one of the things that like in our home especially with uh dealing with a teenager yes you know like i was saying earlier you got the the internal things that are going on the hormonal change then you have the external factors you know what are they being taught in school I think it's very important that as a family, especially as, as a father and as a mother, that you know, especially if you're a Christian one, right? that you know exactly what it is that you believe, I mean, doctrinally and theologically and all that stuff, and where you stand as an individual uh, in light of how God sees what the family is supposed to be like. So I think the biggest fear or the biggest thing that I see that is like the attack from society towards Christians, I would say, it's, it's, it's on the family. It's redefining what a family is. Um one of the things that I, I I remember hearing um someone at our church preach about uh, there's a psalm I think where it talks about how parents are like uh like a bow
0: okay yes right yes. you know how
1: the bow has the uh, uh, The stick part And then it has a string Yes Right and so it's saying how You know you have Two Two ingredients You have the stick And you have the The string Completely Completely different Independent They do Separate functions Yeah. You can use a string For fishing You can use a string To tie a knot But you can't use A piece of wood Or a piece of stick To Well you could use it For fishing If you put them together But like (laughs) You wouldn't be able To tie a knot With a stick for example Yes Or with a stick You're not able to I don't know Use it for support to hold two objects or whatever. Or you could with a stick, sorry, but with a string, you can't. So Uh independently, they have separate functions. But when you put these two separate things together, they have one common purpose. Right. And a bow, what does it do? It's to shoot arrows. Yes. You know, and so what uh what the preacher was explaining was like you know how you know how these two separate independent objects are able to come together and they complement one another in fact a bow cannot function without the string and a bow cannot function without the stick part yeah right right so if we look at the stick as being the man and the and the string as the woman it's that complement uh-huh you know together they are the 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 strong force they're they're together like they they complement one another they support one another um -hmm. when you pull the string back you know those the stick is able to hold on to that that stress but the string is able to stretch and, and have that sort of abundance and being able to um i don't know withstand difficulties you know so it's a very interesting dynamic oh,
0: okay, okay right they complement one yeah, another yeah
1: and the whole point of these two of the stick and of, of the actual bow is simply to shoot arrows, right? And what the the psalmist like he he the analogy he uses there is that the the arrows are the children that mm-hmm. we produce. If you don't have a bow that is properly designed, so let's say if you have a a stick that's too long and the string is too short, the quality of the arrow when it's being shot won't be good. Mm -hmm. Or any sort of defectiveness between the two, right? Whether the string is too long and the stick is too short, you're not going to get too much of a distance with with the arrow. So that... That uh, dynamic of husband and wife, I think that's one of the things that is, tra- is we're seeing in society right now is being redefined.
0: No doubt, no right? doubt.
1: I mean, if we take that same anal- analogy and we apply it to, say, same-sex marriage, if yeah. you take, let's say, the woman as a string, how, how can you get two strings to produce arrows that will shoot far away? Yeah. It's impossible. How can you get two sticks... If they're men and men, yeah, to shoot arrows. It's, it's impossible. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's it's really it's really interesting that you know the reason why God designed the family the way He did it, besides the fact of procreation, but just the complement between mm, the husband and okay, the wife, yeah, right. While one may be feeling weak, the other one will have that strength to be able to make up for it, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're cemented in Christian faith, when you have those same convictions, you're both you. We both have the same mindset, both husband and wife. Like my wife and I we have the same mindset. We have the same goals. We don't have that conflict of like like What you see a lot in, in marriages Where you know One of them is a Christian and The other one isn't mm-hmm. Right I would say 9 out of 10 times You have the one that's non-Christian Dragging the Christian away from The Christian things Yes And so that's That's what, what the Bible refers to As the unequally yoked So even that is another factor That ties in about Redefining the family Of the way God sees it mm. You know Especially for us Christians We're called to not be Unequally yoked For that very same reason Because when you are I mean if you look at What a yoke is as well I don't know if you know What, if, what that is it's yeah, like it this thing that they the put often. on top of the mules, yeah. right? To be able to pull. It's like they use it for um, for farming.
0: Yeah, agriculture. For
1: agriculture. So if you have a big bowl and a small bowl, the, the, the part that goes on top is going to be uneven. Uh-huh. So either one's going to have more strength and steer the whole thing off course, or the whole thing will fall apart, mm-hmm. right? So that definition of what the family is about, especially for Christians, I think that's really, like, it's, it's one of the fears that I have. And I always want to try to make sure that my daughters, that they understand, why things are designed the way they are. It's not because you know God is like some crazy individual up there that's trying to make life difficult or what have you. It's like no, there's there's a, there's a reason why there's order and the way our society is going, it's it's going down a rabbit hole of chaos.
0: It's going to disorder. D- real exactly. Quick.
1: And you know what the irony is? The the things that are disorderly are good. Yeah. And things that are ordered are bad. Are bad. You know. And that's why I mean that's why it's very 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 important for for parents for Christian parents to be really involved and really invested in, 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 in making sure that their kids understand these things because when they go out in society, they're the majority. We're the minority. Yeah. And if you don't know what your convictions are, you will easily you be swayed. Yeah. You know, and my fear is that like I don't want my daughters to, to be easily manipulated or easily seduced by what society dictates is the new standard. Because it seems like the goalpost just keeps changing all whenever oh, it's convenient. Man, there
0: there is at this point there is no goalpost. <laughs> no it's goal like post. it's honestly a free for all, man. Society's just telling you, do whatever you feel works in the moment now. And and as long as it doesn't it, like, harm nobody. Yeah, exactly. You and know. then to just change it whenever you feel like it, which you can't live like
1: that. No, it's it's such an inconsistent. It's very inconsistent and it's nothing solid for you to be founded upon. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas the Bible is very clear, you know, God designed marriage to be between man and woman and the the reason why is because they I mean they're designed for one another. Yes. Besides the biological aspect, just the personality and the character and the traits how they complement one another to be able to lead a family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's so, it's a no brainer, at least for me, it's a no brainer. And so I want to make sure that my daughters understand that, you know, and that when they, you know, when they're in school, and, and obviously, with all those hormonal changes, obviously, they're gonna think, oh, you know, that boy's cute, yada, yada, yeah. yada, you know, just to really understand, like, okay, well, what type of man do you want to, do you want to have? Like, do you want to be with in the future? that's a good question i mean nowadays like if you look at music videos the promiscuity level is just like right in your face Mm -hmm. you might as well just be watching a pornographic video yeah i mean it leaves very little room to the imagination Mm -hmm. you know and the sad part is that young boys are being exposed to this and they think it's an acceptable behavior and it's acceptable to view women in that light
0: yeah i always find it very contradictory because you know you have that debauchery going on but at the same time you got like me too and all these other things going on so it's like as a man you're just kind of lost you know like one side is telling you to like indulge in your hedonism Mm -hmm. and enjoy all these things but the other side is like if you take it too far and we catch you you're done you know what I mean? <laughs> that's it No,
1: it's so true it's again like I said the goalpost changes whenever it's convenient yeah right and so I mean I, that's one thing that I really find difficult to, to no I don't find it difficult it's just it's a challenge to be able to really show the next generation that truth because they're so they're so in it and they're so saturated within it that it's become almost like a norm yeah you know and I mean that's why I think like when it comes down to like a the, the household the, the most important thing is for there to be the two parents you know despite all the statistics of you know situations where both parents are together and, and things don't go well in general statistically speaking a household that has both parents is yields the best it's like the best setting that you can have for kids right yeah uh-huh. you know and so that creates stability um, consistency and the thing is also I find important is that kids are able to see what the role of each person is within the family right so that's my daughter, what they learn yeah so my daughter is seeing also this is how a father has to be in a family this is what a husband looks like this is what a man should behave like
0: i mean that's i'm assuming that's what she sees in me right. so she'll have a better idea when she's going to look for mr right what he's supposed to look like feel like exactly act like treat her like
1: absolutely and so that's that's important and that's why i mean becoming a father a husband and and as a man it's it's a challenge because what God calls men to be is completely 180 from what society views men as. Yeah. I mean, now men can be women.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know. No comment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if when we when you look at it biblically, like even when 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 Paul says that you know the husband is supposed to be like Christ, right? And I mean, th- th- that's the controversial verse that people always go to, like, oh, you know, it says that women have to be, uh, what's the word, uh, submissive. Yes. Like the wife has to be sub- submissive to the the husband well when you take the word submissive in the way that we interpret it now it's like okay what are you, th- are you talking about slavery you're talking uh, about uh, yeah, no yeah, rights yeah, uh-huh. are you talking about this abuse thing no it absolutely has nothing to do with power yeah absolutely nothing to do with power what it means is that you are following the guidance you're following the direction of your husband who's the head of your house
0: right it's a willful submit submittance it's not yeah. a forceful absolutely
1: and you're not doing it because it's being imposed upon you you're doing it because you're, you you're want doing it out to. of love yeah the key is there you, you willfully are wanting it and and it's not an oppressive thing, it's more of a collaboration yes. thing. But people misinterpret that. <laughs> but then it goes on to the next part where it talks about the husband, like what's his role? He's like, supposed to be like Christ. And what did Christ do? He gave up his own life for everybody. Yes. So when you think about the, the level of responsibility, the husband has it like a way bigger responsibility at the end of the day, because it's not, the fact that the wife submits to him, that's secondary compared to what he has to do for his family. Yes. He has to be a leader. He has to be the pastor of his home. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has to be a caring husband. Like everything that Christ how Christ behaved towards the church that's what he has to do in his household Mm -hmm. and that's a big those are big shoes to fill yeah you know so that's why I think being being a good example as Christian parents as a Christian husband uh, for wives and all that it's very important to have you know to to really know what you believe to know who it is that you believe in Mm -hmm. for sure because then the way you live your life is going to be watched by your kids and hopefully by seeing your example they will do the same if not better right it's a complex one (laughs) (laughs) i (laughs) know
0: it can get pretty deep